the South Coast End Zone Podcast. Extended coverage of high school football from sports editor Lori Lose of the Standard Times. Now, the South Coast End Zone. Hello, high school football fans. This is South Coast End Zone, the podcast. I am your newish host, Brendan Curie, uh, still taking over for Lori Lose, who's out on maternity leave. And this is my second podcast kind of leading things here, and I am going to change it up a little bit. We did a pretty fun podcast over the winter that was a uh, high school basketball draft. Uh, Lori, myself, and Sam Schilling kind of went around. We did a snake order draft, and we drafted, I think it was five, starting five, of players. So we thought we'd uh, break out this little idea and uh, try it out here with football. So uh, kind of here, I'll go over the ground rules first. So actually, first off, our other draftees, we have Sam Schilling back. How you doing, Sam? Hey, you doing well tonight. And we have Nick Fryer. How you doing, Nick? Happy to be here, Brendan. All right, so let's lay down the ground rules here. So we are drafting two quarterbacks, two running backs, two wide receivers, two uh, primary defensive players. Uh, they could play both sides of the ball, but you're kind of drafting them for their defensive uh, acumen here and then uh, one lineman to represent the lineman uh, some of them may go in the defensive groupings you know the defensive lineman but we want to have one spot there uh, just just for the lineman you're already changing rules you told us three defensive players beforehand three defensive okay we can I go three defensive players i'm fine with two i just which one is it Let, let's go two we have two everywhere right. else got it that'll, good to me. Uh, that'll keep it even there all right so that'll uh yeah so uh we Drew names uh, out of a faux hat here before we started, and uh, since I rigged it, I got the first pick. Yes, you did. Uh, Nick will be picking second. Sam will be picking third. Uh, it'll be Snake, so then Sam will pick twice in a row. It's a good thing he's me. picking third. He's still trying to figure things out over yeah. there. We, we, got got my, we got a whole lot of paperwork out for this <laughs> one. Usually these, uh, these podcasts do not involve uh, as much uh, detritus across the desk here as we have today, so... I guess I'll get it started here. Without further ado, the 2018 South Coast End Zone High School Football Draft. I'm on the clock. Number one pick. I'm going Justin Lopes, quarterback out of Bishop Stang. Surprise, surprise. Yes, I think I actually uh, let Nick off to this pick earlier. Yes, you did, 100%. Uh, We we were debating, actually, one of the ground rules I didn't go over is we were debating whether or not to include injured players. Uh, and we decided not to in the end. Uh, you know, Obviously, Will Garcia would have been a guy that would have been included. Uh, several other guys out there who were out for the season or you know, have been out for the entire season. And we just thought it would get a little too complicated to include them. We might be missing a guy who maybe hadn't played at all this year. Uh, so we decided to keep it with you know, guys who are healthy and playing right now. So mm-hmm. Justin Lopes, electric player, running, throwing. I only see him once this season. I saw him last Saturday in a loss, and he still was just incredibly impressive to me. Probably the most accurate quarterback I've seen this season and probably the best true dual threat quarterback that I think I've seen. So that's my Justin Lopes number one pick. Nick, you're up number two. That's a fair pick, but I'll tell you what, Brendan, the guy, knowing that Will Garcia could not be in this draft, the guy I wanted and why I wanted the third overall pick because I knew I could get this guy there is True Williams. All right. I'm assuming you were going to – oh, no, Sam, you were going to take him. No? Okay. Um, I like True a lot watching him play, uh, compete against Bridgewater St- – uh, Bridgewater rain him the last time I saw him, and he has a cannon. And accuracy at times can be a little difficult for him, but I think that he's physically, he might be the most gifted offensive player out there that I've seen um, this season, and I just like the upside that that kid has. And I'm very, you know, you don't see a lot of passing quarterbacks around here. I mean, just in general in high school football, and to have that on your team I think is huge. 
He's uh, closing in on the school's uh, career touchdown record. Yeah, see? see. He, he was number two on my QB list. Uh, I would have to think about who I was overall taking number two, but he was definitely second on my quarterback list. So on the clock now, Mr. Sam Schilling. Yeah, so this one actually kind of played right to my uh, my hand here. So I'm taking Baron Hilton, who's uh, often on the oh. receiving end of uh, True Williams passes, including like a, a beautiful kind of 55-yard bomb uh, last Friday at Dartmouth. Um, I just think, you know, the most electric athlete uh, in the area. It's a great pick. And I could take him as a wide receiver. Um, you know, occasionally he'll take those jet sweeps, kind of in a running back role. And then also in defense, I think he's, uh, you know, coming down, plays in the box as a safety, uh, doesn't mind hitting people. Um, and then also, you know, occasionally we'll, as a, you he's know. a punter, too. He's a, a very good punter, and he's not afraid to just tuck it and run when um, the alignment is right. So I'm very, very happy with uh, Baron Hilton being my first pick. All right, now your second pick, the uh, first pick of the second round. All right, so let me... I put Hilton at wide receiver for you, though, is that... Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So we'll put that, put a little star there, and then looking back over kind of the how I ordered this, I probably want to take a quarterback here, but, you know, I think I'm going to say Latrell Canto, actually. Ooh, we are Latrell heavy Canto. on the new Bedford so far. Yep. Huh? He, he was next on my list, actually. Yeah. If he gotten back to me, I would have taken him. So, got it. Yeah, Latrell, I mean, he's um, just looks the part, you know, looks like a really high-level back and uh, doesn't mind contact, but it shows a great amount of balance and um, vision. And I think he's going to be a guy that, you know, again, this, this Friday playing Brockton, it's, uh, you know, a, a big opportunity for him. He can so. be elusive. He can run guys over. You mentioned the body of the hamstrings. He has like those running back hamstrings. Yeah, big strong guys. Those, uh, uh, Saquon Barkley Jr. hamstrings. Yeah, yeah, and big uh, calves. He just he looks, you know, five foot ten, probably two hundred and five, two hundred and ten pounds. Like big strong kids. So, uh, yeah, pretty happy with that pick. All right, um, second pick of the second round. You know what's funny is when I went into this, I I had two guys in mind, thinking there's a good chance I'm going to be the the third overall pick in the first round, and I'll swing around and get this guy as my second pick. And then with Sam being ahead of me in this round, I didn't think I was going to get Tyler No, ah, uh, but uh, that's who I'm going to take. That's once who Canto I went off the board, he was next on yep. my uh, Hilton. Draft was, Hilton board. was kind of creeping up my list because I was worried I might not get Williams, and I was thinking about going with. Um, with Hilton as my first overall pick, but No is the guy that I want, uh, one of the best receivers in the area. He's obviously uh, Cole McIntyre's number one target and, uh, at Old Rochester, and I can't believe, I mean, I know ORR has a lot of good players, and there are some guys that are just a little more talented on other teams, but it took a little longer. I, get, I mean, f- fifth pick for the first ORR guy, I think that's a little... That is that, that, that is and obviously if Will Garcia was healthy that probably would that's be a, a good point. A bit he would have been my he would have been second overall pick probably behind Lopes. Yeah. Maybe first depending on what we had seen if Garcia hadn't been out all year. But that's Yeah, I would have had a harder decision. I might have still gone Lopes just cuz of the dual threat of, you know, throwing and passing. Exactly. And just I mean seeing what OR has been able to do without Will Garcia, mm-hmm. you know, They've uh, still been pretty impressive with the ground game. Oh, man. So the, the next two guys I wanted to draft just both. When everyone hates when this happens in their draft, right? Mm-hmm. So you now I'm, I'm better, scrambling I here. I already got a quarterback. All right. I'm actually going to stick with wide receiver because I think there's kind of a – I think I feel like there's a three-guy tier here. Yeah. And if I don't get another wide receiver here, I'm going to kind of drop down to a next-tier guy. So Eric Camacho. So I'm going with the all-stang team here, it seems like. Uh, Lame. I got Eric Camacho. I'm the only one mixing it up right now. I just want to throw that out there to the listeners. <laughs> That's true, yeah. So we got a lot of New Bedford and a lot of Stag guys going so far. But, um, again, like uh, Lopes, I've only seen him play once this season. 
But uh, he was incredible, fast, great hands, caught everything that came his way. Like nothing, nothing hit the ground that came in his direction. And uh, just really ran great routes. And uh, I'm happy to have him on my team here. And uh, so now uh, I'll, I got to go with a, with a running back here. And uh, I'm going to go with Jackson Cody. So we have another old Rochester uh, kid going. Dang He's, it. Uh, I was debating. I, when I was making my list out here, I was really like, Jackson Cody, Desmond Dias. Like who would I rather have? And it was, it was a hard debate. But I think Cody's speed and shiftiness on the perimeter won out a little bit in the end. Although Dias is great down the middle, and I'm sure he's going to be going pretty soon here. But uh, I'm going to go with Jackson Cody, Old Rochester, with the first pick of the third round, which brings it back to Nick here for his third pick. Again, this is playing out kind of how I had originally hoped it would. Just I thought I'd be in a different slot in the draft. I don't know why I assumed I was going to get the third pick. Um, but this second, I hate second that pick. self-defeating the, the, uh, thinking there, Nick. You got to get away from it. I like that though. The second, the second, the middle pick sucks. Like, you, who wants to be the fifth or sixth pick or fourth in, in a in a football draft or anything like that? This year it was awful too. It, you know, screwed everybody over with Bell. Anyways, I digress. Uh, I'm gonna go with another quarterback. I think someone's got some sour grapes from his uh, fantasy football <laughs> well, draft. I, I would have liked to get a running back this year. I got Antonio Brown. I can't complain too much. Anyways. Um, I'm going to go with another quarterback. I'm going to secure this spot up early. And this was the guy I wanted third overall, actually. He can run a little bit. He can pass a little bit. He, he's a winner because his team is undefeated this year. Cole McIntyre, old Rochester quarterback. That's I'd my say, I'd third I'd say you can throw more than a little bit. I, uh, I mean, I was, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, that's who I'm going to go with. Um, and I feel pretty confident about my passing game. And uh, – Adds a little bit to the ground game as well. I feel like there's a little bit of a tier there, too. I, when I was making my list, I really thought there was like three quarterbacks that I would have been really happy with getting any of the three of them as my number one quarterback, and those the three have already gone off the board here. Yeah, good luck with that, uh, Sam. There's still good quarterbacks out there, but as, as yeah, the course. number yeah. one guy, I, I, I feel mean, like I, I think, wanted one of those three. I think the position group's a little over uh, overrepresented here with two picks. I mean, there's only nine kids that are starting quarterbacks in the area. We've got, you know... What, uh, My 45 here, though, starting linemen, that, uh, and we only got one pick. So, again, as a former lineman, um, I'm sorry for you guys, but that being said, I'm taking the first lineman off the board. Oh, my God. Big Ant Soares from New Bedford. My man uh, plays lacrosse for me. Great kid. And he's also, you know, six foot, 345, moves well, plays both sides of the ball. Uh, just a bear playing, you know, nose, and then, you know, he'll shift out and play a little three technique as well. Um, you know, and holds his own, has been snapping since uh, they've had some trouble getting the ball back. But, you know, big ant, uh, proud. Left, to, left tackle, right, when he's not. He's, uh, he's, I think he's been more interior. So they they oh. got Eric Dosenberg and Carlos Alves playing the tackle. Okay, so he's, uh, yeah, he's more. Dosenberg's on the right side. I guess I thought. Carlos Alves is uh, okay. a little taller. But, yeah, ant, ant just does a great job, um, you know, and just a leader, just a great kid. So, again, I'll, you know, I'll take QB. I'll, I'll worry about that later on. For the record, my thinking on two quarterbacks was we're still only going six deep on quarterbacks, and the number six quarterback is probably among like the twenty best raw football players still in the area. Mm-hmm. Was my thinking on two quarterbacks? So well, Sam with the first pick of the fourth round. Sam has no idea what he's doing. Have you, did you tell him how this whole thing works beforehand? <laughs> Are we doing uh, fantasy points or what's the? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know how we're scoring this yeah, later. If you Just pancake uh... a guy, it's plus five points. <laughs> You're up against him, yeah. I think. For, first oh, pick okay. of the fourth yeah. round here. Great. So, hey, I'll take that quarterback. On. So, it, this was nice. So, now I just, you know, Ant can 
pride himself that he was taken before my first quarterback. So I'm going to go uh, Nolan Ellis. I know he was battling a little bit of the flu last week. Um, but again, Dartmouth has just had a tough slate. I mean, they're playing one of the tougher schedules um, in the area. You know, numbers are down a little bit, but I think he still competes, uh, throws a pretty good ball. And then also you see kind of when they run that, um, you know, pistol kind of wing T look, um, you know, he's a, he's a very capable runner as well. So Nolan Ellis will be my uh, first quarterback there from Dartmouth. First Dartmouth Indian off the board. All right. And um, I am going to stick with the old Rochester theme, but I'm going to throw a wrench into this, and this guy's going to be a defensive player uh, for You're me. going with the guy I was going to pick again. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. <laughs> Desmond Dias. Okay. No, no. Yep. Actually, I was going slightly differently. But oh, okay. 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 As a defender? Yes, as my linebacker, because right. that defense has been unbelievable all year long with three shutouts to start the season. There with the, Was it... The second team to do that in the last 44 years, something like that, in this area. I, was, I saw one of our headlines. Yeah, buddy stat. Uh, yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. It, they've been unbelievable this year, and he's right in the center of it. And obviously, Another shout out last week. Ex- exactly. And as much as they may have some more talented athletes as, at cornerbacks, I think it's debatable. But more importantly, in the high school game, the ground game is more important. I need a good linebacker. Dias is the guy I'm going with. All right. Well, I'm going to stick with the old Rochester linebacking core. Okay. And I'm going to go Dylan DeWolf. Okay, yep. To fill out my first uh, defensive spot here. Uh, also plays a little bit of offense as the fullback, although uh, um, uh, coming back this week. Why am I blanking on his name? Oh, Cam Brzezinski. Cam Brzezinski is going to be coming back. So I think he's going to be taking some of those fullback uh, snaps so that DeWolf only has to play on the defensive end, which will probably help him and his knees out a little bit here into the end of the postseason run. So uh, just can get into the backfield, it seems like, almost all the time. Just a solid guy. Loves, you can tell he loves playing football. Good energy guy, and uh, him and Diaz are really just kind of the anchors in the middle of that dominating Bulldogs defense. 1A, 1B. Exactly. Yeah, I actually had him back-to-back on my uh, defensive list as my— uh, The double Ds. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? Although, I, I'm just going to finish out my defense here. I'm gonna oh. th- I feel like I'm going to go with a strong defense here. I'm going to go with Mark Hawkins. Oh. Middle linebacker for the Whalers. Oh, I think— Dang it! <laughs> I wasn't thinking I was—I thought I could wait on him a little bit more. Dang. Yeah. He was uh, uh, he was my number three defender between uh, see, this, DeWolf and DS. Go ahead. And see, we're already getting some drama here. It's good time. So yeah, obviously the Whalers' defense has been incredible this season, yeah. uh, and is not at fault at all for their current record. And uh, one of the keys to that is Mark Hawkins playing in the middle, and they just really haven't allowed uh, much running. You know, they made a little bit in the Bridgewater Random game. Like even when teams have scored on him, it's usually been through the passing game. So he's just really anchored a strong oh, defense, plays downhill. Um, quick, uh, smart guy. So yeah, that Mark Lombard Hawkins. kid for Bridgewater Rainham was a stunt too. I mean, that was a tough. Yeah, that's what it takes to yeah. run on New exactly. Bedford. Yeah, I, you know, I was beating myself up, but I just wasn't thinking it through. You had the turnaround. This is why I hate having the middle pick because <laughs> I would have taken. I mean, make a run on uh, defense there. Hawkins. I did. Was, yeah. Now I'm gonna. I got a QB, a running back, a wide receiver, two defensemen. I'm feeling pretty good right I, here. I got a couple guys I can wait on on defense. I'm gonna. I'm so happy Nick here. With Second Dyess. pick, fifth round. Um, I'm not gonna pick a lineman because. You know, this isn't my first rodeo. Um, but I am going to go back to the well with wide receiver. And I'm going to go to New Bedford again. Brendan Moniz is going to be my guy. Um, again, I got to see him against Brid- uh, Bridgewater Rainham. And uh, I feel like they have, a, they have a few good wide receivers over there in New Bedford. There's another guy, too. I'm not going to say who it is in case you guys forget. I don't want to <laughs> help either of you two. But I feel like they have a good receiving core. Hilton was definitely a step above those two. But I think Moniz is a good uh, number two guy with no on my receiving core. 
probably the best like possession receiver in the area. Like the other guys we've talked about are kind of like take the top off type guys, but he's you know gotta have always good four or five catches and yeah, the big uh, two point conversion catch. Yep. Um, But yeah, good good in those mid range, you know, ten to eighteen yard. Yeah. So that uh, comes into Sam here with the uh, third pick of the fifth round. All right, third pick here. So I do not have a defender yet. You do not. So I'm looking down my list, and I'm going to pick Shane Cooney. A kid, a uh, linebacker out of Aponiquit. Kid, I, I have not seen him play this year. It seems like Aponiquit's kind of, you know, moving in the right direction. I thought that was the most impressive uh, win on the slate uh, last week when they beat Somerset Berkeley. And he was a kid I was just really impressed with last week uh, or last year when I saw them play Fairhaven. So he's a guy I'm comfortable. Senior linebacker Shane Cooney's going to be and my. with one hand right now. He's got one hand wrapped oh, up. So. Nice. Clubbing it up. I love exactly. it. Exactly. Great. So I got Shane Cooney. And so you're kind of you're spreading out. You got one at every position right now. Yeah, so I'm kind of you know making my way here, <laughs> seeing if there's any twos and threes. Um, so this, only, this is the first pick of the sixth round now. First pick of the sixth round, and I'm going to. I've got one quarterback. You need that um, Jeopardy music going. Yeah. Yeah, you know I'm gonna say you know sticking kind of with guys I've seen. I'm gonna go. Uh, that is tough. I should put it out there. I've seen every team, but you guys, neither of you guys have seen all of uh, them. There's a couple guys you know heard about, yeah, I um, seen them. but you know don't want to. So this, um, I'm going to take a flyer on a kid again. So I got I'm breaking my own rule. Uh, Hendrick <laughs> Hendrickson here. Uh, Mike Hendrickson. Mike yeah. Hendrickson. 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 Out of Aponiquet. Yes. Sophomore, six foot five. Heard good things. I mean, anytime you got those measurables as a sophomore, uh, showing that he can be productive, he's not just a guy that impresses you on the uh, roster. Um, so I'm pretty happy. Got a little size there. Uh, you know, run a little uh, tight end heavy sets with my with my team here. So back I'm gonna, to back Lakers. Yeah, yeah. So get a Poniquit some representation here. All right. So okay. coming back to Nick here, so second pick of the sixth round. I don't have a running back yet, and no. that was deliberate because right. there are so many a lot good of depth running, there. Huh? There are plenty of good running backs in the area. You're going to get good guys. You got to get good quarterbacks. I mean, not let me rephrase that. Quarterbacks that can throw the ball a little bit more because there are some guys around that don't necessarily as much. Um, at the running back position, I was looking. Um, I think I'm going to go with Owen Sabula. He's got solid numbers out of Fairhaven. Um, obviously, they played fairly decent competition as well. Um, a guy that I'd feel confident handing the ball off uh, to fair amount. And again, he's going to help stretch out the um, help keep the defense honest too. When I'm going to be passing a little bit more often with my team. All right. So now it's coming to me to finish up the sixth round here. Ah, so I finished up my defense, and I got one guy each: a quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. Uh, so I think I'm going to dip out to uh, to Lakeville as well and uh, bring Kevin Hughes on board as a running back okay. to finish out the sixth round. He's uh, maybe not your prototypical running back, uh, kind of a, a little bit looks like a wide receiver a little bit, kind of a little bit taller, skinnier, runs really upright, but just kind of has a nose to the hole. And uh, he's also a pretty good defensive player, so I can always switch it around over there and uh, – Bringing Dylan DeWolf as my fullback if I need to. So. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I'll go with Kevin Hughes with the uh, last pick of the sixth round. And then to open up the seventh round, I still have holes at quarterback, wide receiver, and linebacker. You mean lineman? Lineman, yeah. Sorry, lineman. Well, I mean, we can agree on I'm, uh, the lineman. I'm going to fill out my, uh, my wide receiver spot here. And uh, I'm going to go with another guy you can take the top off of a defense in Dana Haywood. From Vote Tech, oh, okay. our first bear pick. going. Yep. That's a good pick. Nice. I like that. 
So, uh, yeah, Dan Haywood uh, got a lot of speed, but uh, they also saw him, you know, last year I kind of remember him running a lot of go routes, and I saw him running some posts and stuff this year, so they're, they're getting a little more creative with his uh, route combinations there. And also, has a little, you know, Ethan Almeida is probably the best quarterback he's played for. So, yeah, Dana Haywood would open up the seventh round. Now, you know that I have, uh, Brendan, you know I have a little bit of a soft spot for Old Colony. Of course. There's no doubt in that. Uh, I've covered them probably more than any team um, in my time at the Standard Times. But that's with any sport, for that matter. Um, and there's there are two guys I could go with, one from Old Colony, one from another school. I'm not going to throw his name out there. Again, I don't want to help you two. Um, <laughs> but I know he's listed at quarterback, but he, he plays running back all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay? I think I know what you're going for. Yeah. Right, okay. So Matt Bumpus is going to be my guy at running back. He's going to be my number two. Um, a little bit undersized as compared to everybody else, you know, versus you know New Bedford or whoever. In in terms of width, he's not as dense as the other guys out there. But he's shifty, and the thing about him is he ha- he plays with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. I think he knows he's not always necessarily the biggest guy out there. Um, maybe against his competition, he's a little more so. But he can sneak around the larger linemen too that he's going to have out there. I mean, I know we're only drafting one lineman, but he's uh, I-, I think he'd be very effective uh, for me, and he puts up good numbers too. There's no doubt about that either. Absolutely. I actually had him very high on my defensive list as well. If I yeah, waited a little longer on, on defense, I might have taken him really dangerous in the secondary. So, Sam, the third pick of the seventh round. All right, so I'm going to stick uh, kind of my run on Lakers here and go with Chase Gorman, uh, sophomore quarterback uh, out of Aponiquit. Um, you know, kind of with the emergence of the, the running game, they haven't been passing quite as much as he did as a true freshman last year. Um, but again, anytime a kid's playing as a sophomore, you know, I'm kind of in, investing. Maybe he's my quarterback for the for the future here. Um, but uh, yeah, I like what I've seen, and I think he's he's growing, and he's you know, again, as like a five foot five, you know, 130 pound freshman last year, he hung tough, which uh, really impressed me. So happy with that pick. Kind of he, he was uh, out my, my number four quarterback on my list, and he was he was my top guy. I said there was a little tier after the top three. He was my top guy of the next tier. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I'm going to flip over and... Uh, so you have one running back spot left and one uh, defensive player spot left. Yeah, so I'm going to give a little love to uh, Wareham. I know they're having a rough season, but I think Eric Zine, you know, mm, who showed that he pick. could be uh, you know, a really solid uh, quarterback and role player when they were you know, more of an elite team, but now he's you know, hanging tough and being a leader on a team... Um, that's you know taking their lumps, but uh, I think he's shown that he can be productive as kind of a a big solid uh, you know kind of lead back. So I'm gonna round it out with Eric Zine of where That's a good pick. It was. He was my number five running back, and I I kept I had him a little bit lower, then I kept moving up because I was like, who else would do that much with that little? You know, like he doesn't have a great offensive line blocking for him. Uh, so he's really doing a lot of it on his own. Yeah, and all Impressive. these it, it is compare like comparing guys across rosters. It is hard, especially when and you know running back and quarterback they're so dependent on their offensive line. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to uh, I think uh, well, yeah, there's, there's no combine. It's hard to like figure out measurables for these guys. And he's a guy whose talent obviously shines despite his offensive line. Mm-hmm. And it's different too with the divisions. I mean, New Bedford and Old Colony. There's a gap in the talent that mm-hmm. they play. And then even when you look at the South Coast Conference, you got the smaller schools against the bigger schools. It's just it's hard to nail it down exactly but I think we've done a good job so far um, and I know it is now my turn um, so I have a lineman spot and uh, the defensive spot left and <clears throat> see this is tough I, I'm either going to mm, uh, someone took Anthony Childs already right no uh, no he's still on the board available 
Yeah, I think I got to go with him. Old Rochester cornerback again, part of that elite defense over there at Old Rochester. There were a couple other guys that could have easily gone um, as my second defender. I really thought I wasn't going to walk away with Dias and Childs, but I am uh, very happy with my defense right now. All right, so I, I'm going to make my last two picks here. I have a quarterback spot and a lineman spot. I'll uh, for, just for Sam's sake here, I'll pick the lineman first. Nice. So I'm going to go with uh, Jonathan Bersari of Old Rochester. Um, Kind of shock. It's probably actually uh, our own fault here that we've gotten this far without an old Rochester lineman yep, making the list because that is, I think, overall the best line offensively and defense. Them is, and New Bedford probably is that competing. Nick Vasari? Aren't they so brothers? there's two. There's brothers. Oh, Nick was injured for a while, so okay, I went yep. with Jonathan. Yep. Maybe just because I've seen him more, um, I'd, I probably would have trouble like right. uh, comparing the totally two mistake, yeah. on the field. But uh, yeah, whichever Basari brother you want to give me, I'll take. Okay. Um, and then you got quarterback. And then I got a quarterback here. So uh, yeah, I was kind of hoping that I was going to get uh, Chase Gorman coming back to me. Um, but I'm going to go with Ethan Almeida out of Oak Tech. Another dual threat guy. So I got uh, a couple of dual threats there. I can run the same uh, game plan no matter who my quarterback is in. Nice. And uh, he's really kind of, you know, obviously Volk's been struggling in the win column, but they've been putting up more points this year. They're definitely more dangerous offensively. And I got the little uh, Almeida-Haywood combination here. So I'm, okay. uh, I'm happy with my team there. I was going to go with Basari. Um, I thought you were going with Dosenberg. Dosenberg, excuse me. I, I do like Dosenberg, yeah. But I was just like looking at it going, man, we got someone's got to take an old Rochester lineman. Well, I was going to, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, instead, I will take Dosenberg. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to break down linemen as well as you guys are, but uh, he gets the Sam, job done. Sam's one of the expert there. Yeah, so. I'm very content with who I have. We we deflect to you on the lineman. Yeah, I mean, who, I think who do we miss? Who, in, who, in that pick, I think Carlos Carlos Alves is playing both ways. A senior, uh, Eric is you know uh, junior. He's just playing one one side of the ball. So I'd probably uh, you know Carlos might be a guy that you'd want to give a little love to. But again, it is watching the games. It is so hard. Um, a lot of the line play is you know with film and stuff to to mm-hmm. figure it out. Unless there's an and we're keeping you know, stats, which makes it extra hard. Yeah, it, it yeah. is a challenge. I definitely recognize that. But you know, I think any anybody you pick, I think New Bedford and ORR definitely seem like the strongest uh, mm-hmm. the strongest line groups. So Eric Dosenberg. Yeah, so you got one one defensive player left. One but you, could, you could go with Carlos Alves there. Uh no, I think I, to me New Bedford's pretty well represented on my my list. So I'm gonna and again, who else needs to make? So you've picked. It's just um, this is the last pick of the whole draft here. Oh, okay, so I can kind of whoever you want. You know, all right. So it comes down to me the the ones that have impressed. Uh, Joe Paolo out of uh, Bishop Stang. I I don't think I'm going to pick him, but he's you know kind of plays sideline to sideline uh, linebacker junior. Um, and then Max Farah as a kid, I knew him as a basketball player as a sophomore. He's kind of undersized for a power forward, but like real thick frame. And I think you know football might be his ticket. I think if he sticks for with Dartmouth, it, yeah. yep, another kind of outside linebacker in there, three four front. But you know I'm going to say, and again, this is kind of uh, maybe a futures pick. But Cam Brzezinski, when I watched ORR last week or last year, I should say, I thought he was the third best player on the team um, besides Harry Smith. And Will Garcia. I know they had Emo Shapa, who's now playing at uh, Middlebury, mm-hmm. who I thought was impressive. But again, it is hard to kind of figure out what's going on the line. And I thought Cam Brzezinski is an outside linebacker. Gave him a lot of um, just an explosive athlete. Uh, so I think he's going to come back. And if his foot is squared away, he is um, he's going to give them a huge bump. So he's he's a guy that I'm going to want to watch uh, moving forward. And I'd be happy as uh, my second defender. 
All right. Before before we recap everyone's teams, I'm just gonna go through a few of the guys that I had on my list here that we didn't you know didn't get drafted, but uh, definitely feel like they're 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 we're close there. So uh, the running back uh, definitely uh, Dylan Pacheco was actually pretty impressive to me. Ran really hard for Dartmouth. Uh, didn't always have a hole to hit. A lot of times he was running into a wall, but when he had even a sliver of uh, light there, he ran hard and he, he could make some cuts in the secondary. Um, also uh, Kyle Scholes uh, for Old Colony is actually one of the area's leading. Uh, rushing yardage leaders this season. He's always uh, dangerous to break off a big one. And then uh, also Zach Giat from uh, Fairhaven. It's kind of their fullback and uh, churns up a lot of yards. So, uh, yeah. And I also had uh, Tim Manley Jr. Um, yep, he was on my, yeah. Bishop Stang. And then uh, Nate Oliver, who I don't know, you know, they were playing him at quarterback. He plays kind of all over the yeah, field for Dartmouth. Yeah, wide receiver, I think, normally. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's, he was really tough um, for yeah, sure. Yeah, also on the wide receiver list, I had uh, some more New Bedford guys. Jaheim Barrows, Jeremy DeCruz, easily could have gotten picked. And then... Uh, Let's see on defense. Noah Saunders actually. He's he's one of the guys I'm looking at my team going, oh man, I'd pick so much defense early, but Noah Saunders has been really impressive to me uh, for the Bears. Anyone else you guys are really close to picking? Uh, putting you on the spot here. Oh, I, ha- I honestly I spaced out for a second, so I don't want to repeat guys that you just said. Did you say you didn't say Kyle Scholes? I mentioned. Yep, we talked a little bit about Kyle. Yep, Shahid Barros, uh, Tim Manley. At Stang, Dana Haywood was taken, uh, Zach Gilot, and then Ethan Almeida at Volk was uh, a little lower on my list at quarterbacks. Yeah, and then just to run through kind of uh, my other linemen, because I, I would have had no problem Resident picking, lineman picking, a over whole, here. picking a whole team of linemen. Um, Tyreek Williams uh, out of New Bedford has uh, interceptions in two consecutive games. He's also, I think he's going to wrestle heavyweight or 220. I like that. The snaps threw me off, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's a struggle. Snaps, so maybe yeah. this is more of a defensive pick. Uh, Carlos Alves, who I mentioned. Uh, Owen Gibo um, for Dartmouth. Mm-hmm. I think he's doing a nice job. Again, they're, they're kind of they're hurting a little bit. And uh, Jared Pataki out of Bishop Stang. Um, oh, Jake Ferrarini was a guy I had on my defensive list, too, for Bishop Stang. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be a guy. Yeah. Was Tyreek sh- Williams on anybody's list? He, it was who we were just talking about. Yeah, uh, Tyreek. Yeah, the interceptions in uh, two straight games. Yeah, and yeah. I think then the only other guy uh, that showed up was uh, Flynn Borgo, who I've been impressed with uh, yeah. a number yeah, of times for guy, Fairhaven. Yeah. Yep. yeah, he could be right, running back or wide receiver or, or defensive player. Yeah. So look at him. is this – are we going to like put out a thing where people can vote on who has the better team? Ooh. Or how about I we, feel like a Twitter idea right here. That's what I was referring to, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, let's do that. Yes, well, quickly I'll run through them. So uh, I had the first pick. At quarterback, I have Justin Lopes and Ethan Almeida. At running back, I have Jackson Cody and Kevin Hughes. At wide receiver, I have Eric Camacho and Dana Haywood. At defense, I have Dylan DeWolf and Mark Hawkins. And on the line, I have whichever Basari brother you want to give me, but I did draft Jonathan. Okay. I had the second overall pick. This is Nick Fryer talking the team you want to vote for. Okay, <laughs> uh, I have start Tr- campaigning. True Williams of New Bedford, Cole McIntyre of Old Rochester as my quarterbacks, Owen Sabula of Fairhaven, Matt Bumpus of Old Colony. I'm going to get all the Old Colony votes. You yeah. are. They, they love the, the Old Colony. Well, since I picked, I have the only Old Colony guy. Uh, Nick Hart, Old Colony. <laughs> Tyler No uh, from Old Rochester, Brendan Moniz from New Bedford. Um, Eric Dozenberg of New Bedford as my lineman, and uh, Desmond Dias and Anthony Childs of Old Rochester taking care of my defensive responsibilities. I'm, I'm actually just noticing here before we get into Sam's list, four of the six defensive players we uh, picked were from Old Rochester. It makes sense. I mean, there's so and you put up four show. shutouts. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to happen. So All Sam. right, great. Yeah, my QB group was Nolan Ellis from Dartmouth, Chase Gorman from Aponiquit. Uh, moving over to running back, I had Latrell Cantu out of New Bedford and Eric Zine. Uh, I think our lone 
wear him Viking on this yep. list. And then my wide receiver tight end group uh, was Baron Hilton, who was my first overall pick. And I think, I don't know, to me, the consensus best player in the area. Um, He's the most athletic player in the area. There's but he needs somebody to get him the ball. Yeah, or he needs plays that give him, you know, design, Yeah, get him the ball. Or put him in position to get the ball. And then Mike Hendrickson, um, tight end out of Aponiquit. And then defensively, I had I went with two linebackers, Shane Cooney, another Laker, and Cam Brzezinski, who, you know, kind of a question mark, a little bit of a, uh, uh, you know, gamble on my part out of ORR, thinking that he's going to give him some good stuff. And then finally... A high upside pick there. High upside for sure. And then finally Tr- my tremendous lineman... Tremendous upside potential. <laughs> is uh, Anthony Soares out of New Bedford. Yeah, though, I, I had a lot of fun. You guys... Uh, and I also want to throw out there my team name. It's oh, be oh, oh, the, oh going team names. The True Mac Dozenburgers. I'm combining True, True Williams, Cole McIntyre, and Eric Dozenberger there. So Good I have name. a team name too. How do you not vote for my team? Just saying. It's hard not to. I don't know. I kind of <laughs> want to vote for your team now with that name. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, uh, we're going to be back in a little bit here. Sam and I are going to run down uh, the week seven games here. Uh, kind of a lightning round of the week seven games so that you're not spent listening uh, to seven hours of high school football podcasting. Although I'm sure some of our listeners wouldn't mind. So thanks for joining me, Nick. Uh, you can always follow him on Twitter at Nick, Nick underscore Fryer. Yes, sir. And uh, he's done a lot of work for us here. Uh, I'm kind of all over the uh, New England sports media landscape. And uh, Sam Schilling does some work for us, too. And uh, you can go check out his uh, New Bedford Whaler lacrosse team this spring. For sure. All right, so we finished the South Coast End Zone High School Football Draft, and I'm still here with Sam Chilling, and we're going to go lightning round and speed through the Week 7 games. One game really stands out here. We have Old Rochester, 6-0, visiting Case, also 6-0, for the South Coast Conference Championships. This is the second year that they've seeded the large division and the small division, or uh, gold and blue, if you want to call them that, but I like large and small because... Makes I, could, a little more I, sense. I know which teams are in those. Gold and blue don't mean, don't mean anything to me. So, Old Rochester, 4-0 in the large division. Case, 4-0 in the small division. They're going to be playing at Case at 7 o'clock on Friday night. This, was, this game was against, between Somerset, Berkeley, and Wareham last year, so it's kind of fun to see in two years four different teams mm-hmm. playing the SEC title game. Now, there's a couple of uh, scores where they, you know, they, where they play the same team. So, last week, Case beat Wareham 28-8. Voketech beat Wareham 42 to nothing earlier this year. And the one that I'm taking a little more stock in is Case beat Fairhaven 21-18 earlier this year. And Old Rochester beat Fairhaven 35 to nothing last week. So that has me leaning towards the Bulldogs. Obviously, they've been, uh, we talked a lot about their best players in the draft part. Uh, great lines, great defense. Obviously, they're missing Will Garcia in the running game. They've had a lot of guys step up. I did talk to Justin Kogler uh, just earlier this evening. Cam Brzezinski is going to be playing outside linebacker and fullback this week, so that'll be a nice, nice addition. Um, I haven't seen Case. They have a kind of a three-headed rushing attack. One is their quarterback. Uh, I think that's Dan, that's Dan Silva. And then Chris Costa and Ty Kudo are also uh, very dangerous runners for them. Uh, Chris Costa had a couple of touchdowns against Wareham last week. Uh, we've talked about him before on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and so I'm just kind of curious. Uh, different, different case team. We talked about that last week as well, kind of. Then we saw a couple years ago when they were the spread offense. You know, now they just kind of like to, to run the ball. Yeah, and his case beat uh, or played. I mean, if they played him, they beat him because they're undefeated. But uh, either DR or Somerset Berkeley? No. So their other wins this season, they beat Seekonk. 
56 to 15, Bourne 28 to 12, and then a couple of non-league games, seven nothing over Diamond and 42 to 13 over Bristol Plymouth. Yeah, so I think based on those scores, I mean, I think Old Rochester's, um, I think Old Rochester's going to take it. Uh, I don't think it's going to be too much of a game if I had to predict. It'll be interesting. It will be a Cases Field, so that might help them a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I haven't made my picks exactly yet, but I think I'm going to be going Bulldogs on this one as well. And I'm going to be out there covering this game this week. So that's the SEC Championship game, undefeated Old Rochester at undefeated Case. So uh, now New Bedford fighting to get in the playoffs here. They are currently the number eight. One, one, two. Wait, no, they are currently the nine seed in Division Two South. Am I reading this right? I have this in front of me, and I can't. Uh, there's no numbers next to them. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, they are the number eight seed right now, at two and four with seven point six points in the rating system. Marshfield is two and four with seven point four points. So New Bedford's best chance for making the playoffs is beating Brockton, and that is going to be a tough task. So Brockton uh, beat Durfee twenty-eight to nothing last week. They are three and two. Their two losses are fourteen nothing to the Zavarian and twenty-one thirteen to BC High. So those are two quality teams. Yeah, and they beat uh, Natick, who um, yep. you know New Bedford really struggled with in the first round of the playoffs last year. Yep, twenty-two to twenty. They beat Natick. They also beat uh, Lexington, which I don't know much about. Yeah, I don't. Uh, except there was a battle there once back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, so New Bedford is coming off two straight wins, though. The offense is looking a heck of a lot better. They scored 68 points in their last two games after scoring 26 points in their first four games. So they've gone, the first four games, they averaged 8.6 points a game, and they've averaged 34 in their last two. So the offense is clicking. The defense has been playing really well all year, except for maybe the Fiend game. And, but that was just a tough Fiend offense that they were going up against. But still, this, this uh, is going to be a tough task against Brockton. Uh, they kind of dominated Durfee. Durfee punted on all five second-half possessions. Uh, a couple bad snaps for Durfee so, that uh, Brockton took advantage of. Uh, they had four different guys score a touchdown last week, so I'm not really even sure who their primary guy is. I was trying to figure that out. But Denilson De Silva, Ajani Horn, Devin Forts, and Devontae Medley all uh, had rushing touchdowns last week for Brockton. Yeah, I think New Bedford's going to have to play their best game of the year. You know, uh, Brockton's no joke um, based on those scores against some of those parochial te- uh, parochial schools uh, who always, you know, are kind of the last team standing in Division One. So, you know, but I think New Bedford, they have, they have the skill to do it, you know, and it's just limiting those mistakes because even in that Dartmouth win, you know, they turned the ball over early and gave up a quick touchdown. Um couple bad snaps uh you know had a chance to stop dartmouth on fourth down at the goal line and kind of missed a tackle um so they're going to just have to play a complete game i think it's totally within their capacity um but this will prove what they're made of right here yeah and this kind of seems i have no idea who mansfield's playing but this kind of uh, marshfield seems, but yeah oh uh, sorry marsh Mar- mansfield's number one in yeah. the and there's no two. chance of them really moving up because bridgewater random is the next team ahead of them yeah so it's the eight seed or bust yeah so you know win win and you're in and uh there's a lot hanging on this because it is such a senior-laden team. So hopefully they, you know, come to play and that offense, the the steps that they've taken, they continue to take them. All right. So that game is seven o'clock in Brockton, two and four New Bedford at three and two Brockton. So uh, another local team with a tough road ahead of itself on Friday night. Bishop Fian comes down to visit visit Bishop Stang at seven o'clock. Uh, Fian is coming off of a thirty-eight to two win over Coyle Cassidy. Week before that was their 38-34 to loss to New Bedford. 
Stang has, after a 4-0 start, has lost two in a row. They lost 17-14 to Coyle and then lost 42-20 to to a very strong, I couldn't believe they were Division Six Cohasa team last week. Uh, kind of like New Bedford. Stang's probably going to have to play their best possible game to win this one. Uh, they, the two games times they faced last year, Fian won 34-21 and 35-14. to Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's a, a tough road ahead for Stang, and I do think that that, that Coyle-Cassidy score, um, and again, just happening so quickly uh, in succession um, with the game against uh, Stank, uh, I think it, it makes it a little, easy, a little yeah, easier back to compare. Back for Coyle. You know, and then we also have kind of a, a gauge on Fian because, uh, you know, New Bedford played him so tough. Um, so I think it's the road only gets harder for Bishop Stang here, um, and I think it's it's going to take a a pretty miraculous game I think to pull this one out. Yeah, Fian's led by Ryan Jones in the rushing game. He had 172 yards last week and two touchdowns uh, back against New Bedford two weeks ago. He led the team in rushing with 77 yards on 15 carries, and of course uh, they have probably the best football player I've seen this year in Caleb Foria. Uh, obviously everyone knows his father, a former Patriot tight end. Uh, he was uh, incredible. Hundred and I don't have the stats in front of me. Hundred and twenty something yards and two touchdowns, and basically a half because they didn't really throw to him much in the first half against New Bedford. And uh, both those catches were just kind of beautiful end zone uh, touchdown catches. So we'll see. Uh, Spartans offense has been given up twenty one point one points um, over since uh, October thirteenth of last season while scoring 24.2. So the offense has been doing well, but the defense has been giving up some points, and they will definitely be tough tested this week. So now let's, uh, let's move into some of the uh, SEC crossover games here. We have a couple of them. The number four matchup is uh, Somerset-Berkeley 2-3 and three at Fairhaven 2-4. and four. So Somerset-Berkeley is coming off a shocking, kind of shocking, 2019 loss to Aponiquin, especially considering uh, the 13-point halftime lead they had. Uh, they have lost three in a row. They lost 38-19 to to Old Rochester and 14-3 to to DR. Fairhaven's coming off a 35-0 loss to Old Rochester and a 47-19 loss to Bourne. And before that, they had probably, even though it was a loss, probably their best game, it looks like on the record, 21-18 loss to Case mm-hmm. is actually probably their uh, you know, plant their flag game. Uh, their wins are Voke Tech and Wareham for Fairhaven. Uh, so Somerset Berkeley... Uh, Jake Meehan is, is kind of the guy who, who runs their offense. He was uh, rushed for 22 times for 80 yards last week uh, against Old Rochester. He had 100 rushing and 100 passing yards. Uh, last week he only had 20 passing yards, uh, both the passes to Brandon Medeiros. So another, another tough one for Fairhaven, but this is definitely one they could win. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, when you get to the crossover games, I'm sure Somerset-Berkeley, they always seem like they've got their sights set on SEC championship. So this might be a little bit of a come down, a little bit of a disappointment. And if they treat it as such, you know, Fairhaven could have a chance to, you know, play a good, um, you know, start fast and and maybe control the game, maybe hang in there. But if uh, Somerset-Berkeley kind of plays it the other way and, and wants to, you know, take out their frustration on Fairhaven, uh, Fairhaven could be in for a long night because mm-hmm. Somerset-Berkeley did seem kind of was in that the way we were framing it was, you know, obviously ORR is kind of the class of the league. DR is the team that gave them the, the, two, yeah. the best. But we, we thought Somerset-Berkeley was kind of, you know, right right behind them. But obviously with the loss to Aponiquit last week in, in fairly shocking fashion, um, Kind of reshuffled the deck there a little yes, bit. Yes, but I would think, you know, on paper, talent-wise, Somerset-Berkeley uh, definitely has the uh, marked advantage over Fairhaven. And it'll be at Fairhaven, though. So it'll be a, be a little bit of home field advantage for the Blue Devils. So that one's 7 o'clock. 
That is the SEC uh, number four seed crossover match. Somerset Berkeley two and three at Fairhaven two and four. Another crossover match, the number five match. Uh, Greater Medford Vogue Tech at one and five going to visit Wareham at zero and six. Uh, so you got a couple of scores you can uh, compare with these guys. Um, obviously, they both got beat by ORR, 42 to nothing. Um, so you can't read a whole ton into that. But uh, they both had born game. I'm losing myself here. Um, so let's see. They case. Um, yep. Okay, so Vogue Tech uh, lost 19 to 13 to Fairhaven. That's the crossover game here. Whereas Wareham lost 28 to 6 to Fairhaven. So Vogue Tech kept it a lot closer against the Blue Devils. Than the Vikings, and that was did. one of the first games of the season for Voke. Um, the first game of the season. The first game of the season, and then it seems like uh, it was, uh, week three for Wareham. The differentials have have uh, grown larger as the season has progressed. I think they've dealt with some injuries and and different things. But I'm I'm happy for both these teams because I think they're going to be in a competitive game, which they haven't had a whole a whole bunch of those this season. So I think this could end up being a really fun game. And you know, those guys after taking so many lopsided losses, it must be nice to find yourself playing meaningful uh, you know, football into the third and fourth quarter. So this this could be kind of a fun one. Again, their records don't show it, but I think it'll be a very evenly uh, matched game. Yeah, Vikings have definitely been improving, uh, as well as the Bears as the season went on. And this is kind of the start of a kind of a four-game stretch of winnable games for both teams. Uh, when the non-playoff schedule comes out, they'll be playing you know, equ- you know, teams in the same division as them who also didn't make the playoffs. So you know, either team could kind of look to st- this to start a strong finish to the season right here. Um, so then we also have uh, the number three crossover game. I should have gotten these in order, but uh, Poniquit is visiting Bourne. Poniquit is 3-3, three and three, obviously coming off that awesome win against the Raiders. Uh, visiting Bourne, 4-2, and two, which has kind of been the surprise team of the SEC this year. Born, you know, a few years ago, like that, they they were the bottom of the SEC. You know, a few years ago, it was them and Wareham. You know, who was going to win that game was going to be, you know, the team that didn't go winless during the season. And Born has had some solid wins this year. Beat Fairhaven forty-seven to nineteen. They beat Wareham forty-eight to twenty. Now, Aponiquit, uh, and they and they lost nineteen sixteen to Seekonk. So that's kind of your good crossover game here. Is Aponiquit beat Seekonk twenty-one to six? And Bourne lost 19 to 16 to Seekonk. Obviously, in different weeks. I'm not sure exactly who was, who was healthy and everything for Seekonk, but that's a good kind of crossover score comparison there for them. Yeah, I think this will be, you know, another good example of why they do this because I think this will also be a very competitive matchup and, you know, an opportunity for them to play some, you know, meaningful competitive football. So. And, and the Lakers are also on the playoff bubble. They're sitting at eighth, the eighth oh, wow. seed in Division Six South. Uh, so I think if they win, they're pretty much in. And uh, if they lose, it's probably tough for them to get in. They'd need to be counting on another team mm-hmm. to lose. I forget exactly what the other team is there in Division 6 South. Division 6. So it's uh, Norwell, Aponiquit, and East Bridgewater are kind of all there. Um, is that 7 through 9? Yeah. So, uh, yep, Norwell's sitting at the 7. Aponiquit's just a hair behind him. And then East Bridgewater's... Um, you know, right on their tail, followed by Cardinal Spellman, you know, and they're just, you know, pretty uh, small. I don't know exactly how they do these, uh, the rating system, but it doesn't seem like much separates those guys. So again, you know, you got to control your own destiny, mm-hmm. try to get a win, and that's probably all you can, can worry about. Another note here, obviously Bourne's much improved this season, but Aponiquit did beat them 33-6 to last season on uh, November 10th of last year. Uh, 
Shane Cooney, who's not carrying the ball anymore because of uh, the mid on his hand, had 92 yards and two touchdowns in that game. And uh, Kevin Hughes, 69 yards and a touchdown. As a freshman. I, I forgot That's he was impressive. that active uh, as a freshman in, in the running game. Um, so our other Friday night game, this is going to be another really tough one for the uh, local squad. Barnstable at 4-2 and two is coming to visit Dartmouth at 1-5. and five. This is usually a win for the Indians. The last few, I don't know, say four or five years in a row here, they beat uh, Barnstable. But Barnstable is coming off a 35-29 to 29 win over Bridgewater Raynham. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So How look about at that Barnstable? Alone. Yeah. Wow. They beat Durfee 21 to nothing. Uh, Dartmouth also beat Durfee, but it was a lot closer. And uh, Dartmouth really struggled with Bridgewater Raynham and got shut out. Yeah, go figure. And then that, that was that bizarre score we saw Barnstable earlier this year. They beat uh, New Bedford three to nothing. Yes, kind of one of our more bizarre scores. Um, kind of in a, a rainy day, and obviously yeah, it wasn't at that great. game, but uh, yeah, that was definitely yeah. so. A I mean, battle. who knows? But it sounds like Barnstable is trending. I don't know if they got people back healthy or something, but it seems that's that's an impressive win to beat uh, a very strong Bridgewater Random team. So again, you know, Dartmouth has their work cut out for them, but hopefully, you know, the quarterbacks a little healthier mm-hmm. and again they they played new bedford tough for you know pretty like they did full it was a game until the middle and, of the third quarter yeah, yeah so it was a one score game in the third quarter but again you know they don't have a ton of explosive athletes so it's important for them to kind of play that you know keep it close and grind it out and uh you know take take time off the clock and make teams drive on them and then hopefully you know turn the team over or something like that so you never the, know the and new bedford script for the first quarter was kind of what dartmouth needed you know they mm-hmm. got the turnover in the red zone were able to score quickly take an early lead but uh, eventually the talent disparity just kind of proved itself yeah but you know dartmouth deserves a, a good a good bounce their way and maybe barnstable sleeping on them a little bit so uh dartmouth has just five touchdown offensive touchdowns in six games yeah, well, they. I think at some point they need to rethink the the scheduling because it just feels like they they just have a murderer's row. And there's something to be said of like you know. I mean, when you it, see, it paid off a few years ago when they were what four and three going into the tournament and then won a state championship. Yep. Yeah. It's but it's you know you gotta you, you it would be you know sometimes yeah. So I can't you're kind of behind the eight ball though when your first three or four games are barely winnable at your best. Yeah, and you're you know if you're accumulating injuries and you come in with I mean I think they only had you know. Uh, maybe 28 or 30 varsity players to begin the season and you it was, start losing. It was the thinnest Dartmouth sideline I'd seen in my five yeah. years here. So, and then that's how, when you run into those buzz saws, that's, uh, that's tough. And the last game is uh, quickly, uh, Old Colony will be visiting Upper Cape at noon on Saturday. So we'll see what that trio of uh, Kyle Schultz, Matt Bumpus, and Phil Proctor can do. They have nine of the team's 12 touchdowns and 71 of their 89 points. Uh, the Cougars are coming off of getting shut out last week against bristol plymouth so uh i'm hope they're hoping to get on the board they but, got uh, shut. what was the final in that game uh, 14 nothing against bristol plymouth wow so and i don't know too much about exactly what went on in the game but uh yeah they uh obviously didn't find the end zone so they will be visiting upper cape at noon on saturday so that is our slate of games as always you can follow along on twitter at sc underscore varsity where we'll be covering i think five of these games on friday night and uh, you can read our stories on South Coast Varsity and SouthCoastToday.com on Friday night and in the Sunday edition of the Standard Times. And if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, wherever you're listening to it, please give us a like, give us a follow, give us a nice good rating. Uh, we hope you enjoy it.